On today's Locked On Giants podcast, we take a look into a lost Giants season. Plus, what kind of core do, does the team have for the future? And should the Giants really consider moving on from quarterback Daniel Jones? All that coming your way next on the Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Lachlan Giants podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lachlan Giants podcast, part of the Lachlan Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina, P-Train, and thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Special shout out to all my everydayers, my newcomers, and everybody in between, including my Blue Crew members, the exclusive Locked on Giants podcast support group that we have uh, as part of the program, information of which is in the show notes. On today's program... The New York Giants season is lost. We all know that. So we're going to take a look at some common themes that have kind of run through these disastrous games that we have seen so far from the Giants this season. Then what kind of core does this team have for the future? Because look, we all know that the Giants are going to need an infusion of talent. They're going to need a lot of stuff, but we're going to redefine the core of this team because the core of this team this year is a lot different than the the core this time last year. And then finally, the question, should the Giants move on from Daniel Jones? Now, I know a lot of you are thinking, why even discuss that? And I'll tell you why the topic came up, why I'm covering it on the show when we get to that in segment three. So that is our agenda here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Again, thank you for tuning in, making us your first listener today or your first watch of the day on YouTube. All right, let's jump into it. Lost season. What are some of the common trends in this season? I can point to one big one right off the bat, ladies and gentlemen, and that is the play of the quarterback. Whether it has been Daniel Jones, whether it has been Tyrod Taylor, or whether it has been Tommy DeVito, can we sit here and say that any of those guys have elevated the talent around them. I don't think we can. And I mention that because you know what? You look at Houston and what's going on down there and how their quarterback, their young quarterback, is winning games and who's how he's making the players around him look better. So you ask yourself, have any of the Giants quarterbacks been able to do that? And look, I get it. There's been injuries up the wazoo with this team. I get it. And some of the talent that they have trotted out there probably shouldn't be starters and probably wouldn't be starters on any other NFL team. But, you know, you think back to Eli Manning in his prime. You think back to uh, Tom Brady when he was playing in his prime. 
you think back to, you know, some of the great quarterbacks of, of recent eras, you know, pa- even Patrick Mahomes, who's current, you know, a current quarterback or Joe Burrow, who's a current quarterback. What do they all have in common? They elevated the talent around them. And I'll look at Eli Manning because, you know, obviously Giant fans are going to be a little bit more familiar with him than maybe some of these other guys. When Eli was here, other than Plaxico Burris and maybe Amani Toomer, can you say for a fact that he had any, you know, standout receivers? And remember, he didn't have Plaxico Burris for, for, I think, a long period of time after Plaxico had that unfortunate accident. You know, Amani Toomer was reaching the end of his career. So Eli just had a way of making the receivers around him better. He had a way of helping the offensive line as it was going through a transition. Now, I know towards the end of his career, Eli started to slide downhill. You know, father time catches up with everybody eventually. But a really good quarterback can solve a lot of problems for a team if they are able to make the talent around them look better. And right now, folks, I don't think we can say that about any of the three quarterbacks that have suited up for the Giants this year. It's just the way it is. All right. Now, another thing that I think has been a common thread to this lost season, the coaches just seem too married to their philosophies um, and their processes that, you know, you have to sit and you have to question if they're the right moves at this point. All right. So, for example, you know, you know, I also mentioned jamming square pegs in, into round holes. So, for example, Eric Ray as a punt returner, um, why he was pushed into that role despite having no experience, I don't know. Playing man coverage a lot when you have a young secondary and especially one that's been banged up. You know, I I pulled some stats from Sports Information Solutions. The Giants have played man coverage 42% of the time, which is first in the NFL. They have played zone coverage only 42% of the time, which is 32nd in the NFL. When you have a young secondary that's banged up, sometimes you need to help them up. And zone coverage is one way to do that. And it just seems like the Giants have been more married to playing, you know, Wink Martindale's aggressive style, which is, you know, blitzing and playing man-to-man coverage, even though maybe they're not quite adept at doing that just yet. I mentioned blitzing. The Giants have blitzed on 43% of their snaps, which is second in the NFL. And, you know, so, they haven't really gotten home as much as you would like them to. So those are just some of the examples that you kind of look at what this team has done, the philosophies, and and you say to yourself, why aren't you adapting? Why aren't you putting the players more in a position to do something that they, that is more their strength? And this was something, interestingly, that I thought they did a good job of last year. This year, not so much so. And I'm not sure exactly why. Now, it's interesting, you know, I I asked Brian Diebel during his call, his video call with reporters today, um, today being Monday as I record this, I asked him about the processes because, you know, we always hear about the processes. We're going to stick to the process. 
yada, yada, yada. And I, I finally said to him, I said, Dave's, okay, you mentioned all these processes. At what point do you say to yourself, look, they're just not yielding the results we want. And maybe it's time we change them. And he gave me an answer, a kind of a long answer with a lot of words. I'm not sure, you know, he really answered the question other than to say, look, we're constantly evaluating it. We're constantly looking at things. We have processes for everything from sports science to psychology to, um, you know, how we practice and so on and so forth. And I'm not suggesting necessarily that they make wholesale changes at this point in the season. But I, I followed up and I said to him, yeah, but, you know, do you have a time frame? Do you, do you maybe say, okay, it's been three weeks and we've been doing, you know, X, Y, Z this way and it's just not working. Maybe we need to consider doing it, you know, another way. And, you know, he just said, we continue to evaluate that daily. And I don't know all the details behind the processes. I don't know how much has changed over the last few weeks, if anything. All I know is the results are the same. The Giants are getting their doors blown out, uh, blown off. They're not looking competitive or like they belong on the same field with their competition. And that's a concern. And, you know, Dable said, look, I had no problem with the effort. There was effort by the players. But my concern as we, you know, head into these final seven games is at what point are these players going to say, all right, you know what? I go through this every week. I practice, I put my body on the line, and I got nothing to show for it on Sunday. At what point do they just throw in the towel? You hope they wouldn't because now they're playing for pride, which I know sounds like loser talk, but let's call it what it is. But there are going to be free agents that are maybe going to start to mail it in that maybe you have to keep an eye on. And, you know, the bottom line is this team, I think, is headed for a big turnover coming up uh, in the offseason. And that's obviously something Dable has to guard against because guys are human. He knows it. So do you alter some of your processes to make for better results? Or do you just say, you know what? So last season, we'll start from scratch once the season's over and we have a chance to sit down and look at everything. So those are just a couple of things that, you know, I see as a recurring theme in this lost season, just a lot of talk. Um, now I'm not saying Dable has to tell us everything because he certainly won't. And I don't expect him to, but a lot of you, as well as a lot of members of the media, we have questions that just don't seem to be answered other than by the play on the field, which has been lousy. And that makes us think that the processes that are in, in place, that the philosophies, that the approaches that they're using, are not solid. So something's got to give. What that something is, I don't know, but apparently the Giants are headed for a massive, massive overhaul in the offseason. All right, coming up next, do the Giants have a solid core for such a, a rebuild? We'll talk about that right after this. Hey, Giant fans, you never know when an unexpected illness is going to strike. Sometimes due to supply chain issues and other circumstances, getting the medication you need can be tricky. But thanks to Jace Medical's Jace case, you don't have to be caught unprepared. 
The JACE case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your JACE case by adding other medications based on your needs, such as ED medication. A verified customer had this to say about JACE, quote, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year's supply. I also ordered antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and I highly recommend this for everyone, end quote. To get your Jace case, head to jacemedical.com to complete a medical intake form. And if warranted, one of their board-certified physicians will reach out to you to further discuss your needs. Once you're approved, Jace handles everything from issuing the prescriptions to having the medication shipped straight to your door. And now you can save $20 off your Jace case with the promo code LOCKEDON. Visit jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And don't forget that promo code of Locked On for $20 off your Jace case. All right, everybody, welcome back to Locked On Giants. I'm Patricia Trainer, your host, P Train. And in this segment, what kind of core do the New York Giants have, especially if they're going to rebuild or continue the rebuild, I should say, uh, next year? Do they have enough of a core in place? Now, it's interesting, you know, I started to make a list of the players that I think make up the core of this team moving forward, players that maybe you want to build around. And there are some people who say, okay, you know what, you build around the quarterback, or you build around this guy, or you build around that guy. And I just think that, you know, to to focus on one guy is maybe not the way to go. I think you need to build around maybe one guy per unit, so to speak. So for example, you know, adding to the offensive line. We all know that's going to be a priority, you know, making a decision on quarterback, making sure you've got a quarterback who matches the offensive line. These are all things that, you know, need to be taken into consideration. So anyway, I made a list of guys that I think are going to be part of the core, uh, bright spots amongst the rubble, so to speak. And I'm also going to tell you some guys that last year I would have said are part of the core, but this year are question marks. All right, so let's start with the obvious. Dexter Lawrence, Andrew Thomas, definitely part of the core moving forward. Kayvon Thibodeau, definitely a, a core guy. Cornerback Deontay Banks. Center John Michael Schmitz. Receivers Jalen Hyatt and Wandale Robinson. Um, I think you can make a case for cornerback Cordell Flott. You can make a case for linebackers Micah McFadden and Bobby Okereke. And you could probably make a case for safety, Dane Belton. So that's not a bad core, but that's kind of a small core. Now, other guys that, you know, normally you would say would be part of the core moving forward, but they have question marks include Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Graham Gano, and Xavier McKinney. Jones, whom I'm going to talk about a little bit more in the next segment, Obviously, we all know the history there with the injuries, the performance issues and whatnot. Um, But, uh, you know, again, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Saquon, like Xavier McKinney, both of them are going to be free agents after this year. I do not think uh, McKinney is going to be back. I just get the feeling he wants out and he's going to look to get out. And I don't get the feeling that the Giants want him back. Just my Gut feeling, not 
No inside information on that. That is just my opinion. Saquon, you know, he's interesting. I do think Saquon would like to come back. I do not think he's going to get the big pay check that he's looking for. You know, he's another year older. He's had another round of injuries. I personally think that, you know, his opportunity to cash in has passed by. So, you know, I think there's a 50-50 chance of him being back. But you've also got to ask yourself, you know, is he going to be a luxury that maybe this team can't afford or shouldn't afford? Because what have they done with him? You know, how much have they won really with him? You can point to last year and say, well, they won a, a playoff game with him. They got to the playoffs with him. You know, when he stays healthy, he can contribute, which he can, but he's getting up there in age. So I'm very curious to see what the Giants do with him. If they consider him part of the core, I think they will if the money is right, but I can easily see them moving off of Saquon um, just as simply. I mentioned Graham Gano. Graham Gano is coming off, obviously, this knee surgery. Now, this is what's interesting. You know, a lot of people say, why did the Giants sign Cade York to the 53-man roster and Randy Bullock to the practice squad? Clear that It's clear that Randy Bullock is the preferred kicker right now, even though he's on the practice squad. And that could be for a monetary thing. I don't know. I mean, as long as Randy Bullock is on the practice squad, they have they can pay him less. Although when they elevate him, they've got to obviously raise his pay to the minimum. Cade York to keep him on the practice uh, to keep him on the practice squad. I suppose there's always the risk that he gets poached. And you know, when Thomas McGay he was asked about Cade York, he said, you know, good young kicker that we can develop. Okay, is it maybe that he's going to be insurance? For Gano next year, because maybe Gano, who by the way signed a contract extension this past offseason, or this, I think early in the season, I should say, he, he signed the contract extension. Is he going to be fully ready for training camp next year? Or are the Giants are going to want to maybe lighten his load a little bit and give this kid Cade York an opportunity to, you know, develop his craft? That's what I think is at play here with the kicker situation. And that's why I don't know that we can count Gano as part of the core. So that being said, you know, I look at this core. It's not a bad core, I think, but you sure would like to have a quarterback in here. And I just don't think you can put Daniel Jones in the, in this group. I really don't. Um, and again, we'll talk about Daniel Jones in the next segment in, in more detail, but I do think you're going to see quite the turnover. You know, Leonard Williams was another guy last year that was part of the core. He's no longer on the team having been traded. Um, there's, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be turnover and, you know, it's people will look at the injuries and say, Oh, you know, the injuries is what derailed the giants, which by the way, they better figure out because again, they're, you know, going back to what I was saying in the, in the previous segment about processes, not working. I question how well their uh, medical or sports science processes are working when it comes to these soft tissue issue injuries. So the Giants core, you know, I'm curious to see how general manager Joe Shane defines it as we head into the, you know, off season in seven weeks. It's going to be interesting. And I think it's going to maybe tell us a little bit more about what they might plan to do in 
both free agency and in the draft. And, uh, you know, look, the Giants, as I see it, they have a lot of holes they have to fill. There were a lot of guys who, because of injuries or performance, just didn't live up to it this year. And there's a lot of work for Shane and Dable to do this offseason. And I think they know it. And that's why they're going to get the opportunity to come back. I don't think, you know, John Mayer is going to turn it, turn it over again or turn it upside down. I just don't see that happening. And I know some of you are like, oh, my God, Dable's losing the locker room. I don't think he's losing the locker room, guys. I think, you know, maybe there's maybe one or two guys that are, that get frustrated. You know, McKinney's been a guy who's been frustrated. Um, stuff happens on the sideline. You know, I, I don't think that's a sign of, of losing the locker room. And speaking of course, um, coaching, let's talk about that real quick. There's definitely going to be turnover on this coaching staff. I've said it before. I don't think Mike Kafka is safe, the offensive coordinator especially if the Giants go and draft another quarterback. I firmly believe Kafka will either be demoted or just go and leave and take another, you know, like take a college job, college head coaching job. Um, Wink Martindale, I know somebody asked me about him, given how bad the the defense is played. I think Wink gets a pass, you know, because, you know, the last couple of weeks, yes, the defense has been atrocious, but the defense has been better than the offense. Let's put it to you that way. So I think he gets a pass. I question if T-Mac is going to be back as special teams coordinator. I question if Bobby Johnson is going to be back as offensive line coach. And I just wonder, if the, again, if the Giants draft a new quarterback, are they going to stick with Shea Tierney as the quarterback's coach? Because, you know, you, you go back again to what I was talking about in the first segment about how the Giants really don't have a quarterback who's reached the point in his career where he can elevate the talent around him. And I know, before anybody jumps down my throat, I know Tommy DeVito only played one game, but I'm talking more so about Daniel Jones having done it and Tyrod Taylor, you know, their their ability to do it. So how much of that is on the player? How much is that on the coaching? These are all things I I wonder about. So... We'll see how they play it, and uh, it's, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. So, all right, coming up next, should the Giants move on from Daniel Jones? I'll explain why I'm even bringing this topic up, because I know a lot of you are saying, why are you even asking this when it's clear? I'll tell you why right after this. Hey, Giant fans, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. The payouts are quick. And there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today and score big this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. And I know a lot of you are probably saying, "Good goodness gracious, Pat, why are you even going there about the quarterback? Why are you even asking if the Giants should move on from Daniel Jones? 
because the answer is obvious. Let me give you a little background on this question and why I'm including it in this podcast. So I have a, a friend who is in the league and I speak to this individual quite frequently. We bounce ideas off of each other as they pertain to the Giants. And one of the topics that came up during my most recent conversation with this individual was, don't be so sure that the Giants are going to move off of Daniel Jones. And my reaction was, what are you talking about? Daniel has had, what, five years, six years now to prove that he is the guy. And he's had injuries, you know, he's had two neck injuries coming, you know, in the last three years, he's coming off of an ACL now, which you've got to wonder how is that going to affect his ability to scramble and be mobile, which is one of his strengths. You, you can honestly say that, you know, he hasn't really elevated the talent around him, regardless of the system that he plays in. So, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm arguing with my, my friend and I'm saying, what are you talking about? And my friend's like, okay, you know, number one, we don't know just how bad Daniel Jones's knee is, but assuming it's just the ACL, which is what I believe Daniel said it was um, when he last spoke to the media, who's to say that he won't be back and ready to go by, you know, opening day next year. Who's to say that, you know, even if the Giants do bring on a rookie, which they are all but certain to in some way, shape, or form, maybe they go with Daniel to start, you know, and we have a um, a situation with Kurt Warner, you know, like we had in, in 2004 with Kurt Warner holding down the, the fort until Eli Manning was ready. So I said to, to my friend, I said, look, from a cap perspective, yes. Daniel Jones will be on this roster next year. It's going to be too much to cut him. And the Giants just, they're going to have to live with it. But I always point out to the point back to, to the fact that the Giants, when they gave Daniel Jones his contract, they gave themselves an out after two years. If they were so convinced that Daniel Jones was the guy, even after last year, him proving it, if they were convinced that they could get that type of performance from him every single year, if he stayed healthy, wouldn't he have gotten a deal like a Patrick Mahomes or maybe even a Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or, or the other top quarterbacks in the league instead of a deal that has an escape hatch after two years? Wouldn't that make more sense? I think it would have, but he didn't. So that to me right there was a sign that okay, maybe the Giants just aren't sure about Daniel Jones as their longtime starter. Now, this whole notion of, well, gee, maybe the Giants won't draft a quarterback in the first round. First off, I think it's going to depend, obviously, on where they end up drafting. If the Giants stay at number two, they'd be fools not to take a quarterback. All right, they've done a lot of work on quarterbacks. They've done a lot of work on a lot of other positions too, but they'd be fools to pass up on that, especially given Jones's recent injury history. If the Giants have a, say, top five draft pick, they do have an extra second round pick that if they need to bundle up a package to move up, they will have that option because right now it looks like they're going to draft high in the 2024 draft and those higher picks and the rounds are going to be worth more points if you do a point exchange using that trade chart. So, you know, look, Daniel Jones, 
hard worker, good kid, gave it his all. It just hasn't worked out. And for me, I wanted him to succeed. I really did. When the naysayers were coming at me and calling him trash can Dan and, oh, you're crazy for supporting him. I wanted to believe in him. And I just, I can't. I think it's time you give Joe Shane, you give Brian Dable, they have this opportunity to get a, to potentially get a quarterback that they want, that they can groom to their liking, that maybe isn't as shell-shocked as Daniel Jones has been from all the battering studies taken. And you start from scratch. Now, does that set the organization back? Sure it does. But then again, realistically, how many people were really expecting the Giants to make a Super Bowl run next year? I'm not. Not with all the holes that they that were exposed this year. The Giants are easily a couple years, maybe three years away. And um, so what's the big deal if they go and they get a quarterback? Now, could they get a quarterback in the second round? Possibly. I don't think that will be the case, but we'll see how they play it out. I think the Giants do move on from Daniel Jones in terms of as a starter at some point next year. All right. But again, let's see how his health is before we uh, we make any firm predictions. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for an all new episode of Locked on Giants podcast. I'm Patricia Trainer, and I will see you tomorrow.